Hello, I'm Dr. Amalia Gondas Malka. Welcome to Womanity Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates women's milestone achievements in their struggle for liberation, self emancipation, human rights, democracy, and much more. As 2022 draws to a close, we reflect on some of our programs over the last year and hope to inspire you through the words of three young, successful women. Miss South Africa 2022, Indavi Nokiri, South African Olympic gold medalist, Tatiana Skunmaka, and Dr. Yumna Minty, a specialist psychiatrist who focuses on mental health. In 2022, Indavi Nokiri won Miss South Africa, a dream she began working towards in 2020 by becoming an educated woman who's able to lead, to stand up, and give back to her community. Every Miss South Africa has a community project, and Ndabi, as an advocate for education, equity, focused her initiative on education. She explains the importance of education and her Ed Unite campaign. Um, for me, my education is so important because firstly, my parents always emphasize that you need to do well in your education. And at first, you don't realize why it's important as a child. You just go, you do your homework, you do your assignments, and you dread the process even. Um, but now when I look back, I realize how many more opportunities were opened up to me because of my education. I was actually the first in my family to obtain a university degree. And so now when I look and I compare the trajectory of my life versus that of my siblings, um, who unfortunately at the time my father couldn't always support us in the sense of going to schools where we get a quality education. And there's just already within my family that difference of what can you do being educated. And so for me, just seeing that there's that difference and that imbalance and the fact that your, your education really unlocks so many opportunities makes it so important to me. Um, but also looking at where I come from outside of my family, you know, I come from a village and I've seen the quality of the education that they were getting versus the ones that I got. And even that shaped our lives to be completely different. Even though we stayed in the same environment, we played together, but simply because of the hours that we spent in the different schools and the things that we were being fed in school, our lives look completely different. So that's why I'm so passionate about it. And one of the things that I also realized is that when you're educated, you are able to see the inequities in your society. Because I think when um, people are poor because of a lack of education, they don't even realize that they're poor. For a very long time, you don't even realize the things that you're missing out on simply because you're poor. And so I, I really value education because it also breaks that poverty cycle. It allows people to rewrite their stories because a lot of the times it's like if you're born in this village, then you are probably good to have the very same life and the opportunities that your parents had and the cycle just goes on but the one thing that can really just disrupt that process is really being educated and when we talk about village life often women unfortunately bear the brunt of the labor the, the chores and they mm. don't reap the benefits of education 
Yeah, I think a lot of the things that we also see with women is that if you also look at the rural areas, the young girl is expected to go home and look at and look after her grandparents. She's expected to look after the younger siblings. And then at some point, it becomes a lot. It's a lot that you're bearing as a young child and also not getting that affirmation of the importance of education. That's why we have a lot of women dropping out of school as well, simply because they are expected to carry so much more duties. So let's talk at Unite. What are some of the objectives of this campaign? So the the one objective right now is to raise 6 million rand um, in the next few months, hopefully by January. And I think for me, the whole point of raising that amount of money is because I want to look at education in a holistic point of view. So it's not just about building uh, classrooms or painting classrooms or giving people tablets, but also looking at the human that is behind the education. You know, I think it's one thing to continue to teach people without creating number one, a sustainable or even conducive environment for them to learn, but also not taking care of their mental health. There are so many things that affect our youth and their success academically besides the, the things that they're learning in their textbook. So that's what I want to do. I want to look at it in a broader picture where we look at everything that affects the learner as well as the teacher. Because if the teachers are not equipped with the tools that they need, with the knowledge that they need, then we are literally setting ourselves up for failure especially in that educational environment. So with that 6 million rand, it's Mm. quite a big number. (laughs) How are you going about achieving it? Is it through donations? Is it through partnerships? So it is quite a big number, but after the first announcement, we already have raised 600,000 rand. So we are 10% up. And so that's quite exciting to see that people are really willing to just partner with us and to really change the educational landscape in our country. But the main focus is really to partner up with corporates. A lot of corporates have the CSI goals that they have. And I think that is a very good space for us to plug in. We've also partnered with the Adopt a School Foundation, which will essentially help us to identify these schools. Um, They've been working with schools across South Africa and Africa itself. So we'll have a bigger reach for the schools that we can actually have access to, whether they need um, textbooks, whether they need us to rebuild, you know, um, toilets. It's all these things that we'll be looking at. And so we are looking forward to getting more partners because obviously it is a big goal and we cannot do it alone. But mostly the corporates, I think that's where we'll be able to reach our goals. So what's your message to corporates to participate? What's that key Mm. to action, Mm. your your elevator pitch? (laughs) Well, I think, especially if we're looking at corporates, one thing that I always say is that poverty affects us all. And I speak of poverty when I speak of lack of education interchangeably, because I do believe that with a lack of education, there's a, the chance of remaining poor is so much higher. And when we continue to have the poor side of the society, we are all actually being affected by it. You know, at the end of the day, it comes back to us. When the crime rates go up, it, it comes back to us. It's affecting us as a country. When the teenage pregnancies go up, it comes back to us as a country. So I would say that even in a corporate space, um, not only are there benefits for them as corporates, but to know that you have served for your country, I think that in itself already is beneficial and is fulfilling um, for my side. 
Well, we wish you all the best of luck in driving ahead with this campaign because it is so critically important to the people, to the country, to the economy, and to our role in the world. Absolutely. And South Africa is one of the most amazing resourceful countries. So I think if we can just fix the small societal inequities, there's so much more that we can do as a country. Well said. Please, can you tell us a little bit of life before the pageant, of pivotal moments whilst you were growing up? Mm. Um, I think one of the the most pivotal moments of my life was when I decided to start creating a vision board for myself. And that happened because I meet a lot of people. And I think because I'm very open to building relationships, especially with people that I admire, I ensure that I just, you know, get myself a bit closer to them so I can hear the things that they do to be where they are. And so I met this young girl and she started speaking about how she creates a vision board. She puts up pictures of everything she wants to achieve. And I was like, okay, let's give this a shot. And so when I did that, I I wrote down a vision board and I wrote down on my vision board that I'm going to be Miss South Africa 2022. And from that moment on, I'd also write down my academic goals that I'm going to get a distinction for this. I was very specific. One thing that has really worked for me is being very specific with my goals because number one, when you reach it, you know you reached it. And when you reach a goal, it is it's motivating to do it again, you know, to, to go harder. Like we said, that snowball effect. And um, for me, ever since I started doing that, everything seems like it's been falling into place and it holds me accountable. I think that's the most important thing because when you're specific, you know exactly what you need to do to get where you need to get. Because I didn't say I'm going to be Miss South Africa. If I said that 2022 would come, 2023 would come to end there is no accountability towards myself because I didn't, I wasn't specific. But because I did say 2022, there was no turning back for me. And a funny story is that when I was, I was working for an asset management firm before I entered the pageant. And when I was in the top 30, they told us that they needed to be in Johannesburg for two weeks. And so I needed to let my employer know. And unfortunately, because I was still new, they could not give me two weeks off. And these two weeks were going to be needed in case I'm in the top 10. And so now this is not certain, but I need to make the decision before. And, you know, I spoke to my parents, I weighed my options and I decided that, you know, this is something that I said I'm going to do. This is where the specific goal comes in again. I'm reminded, you said 2022, no matter what the obstacles are. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to trust the process. I'm leaving my job and I'm hoping that I'm going to be in the top 10. And so I left my job in hope and prayer as well and holding myself accountable to what I said I would do. And I happen to be in the top 10. Fast forward to Miss South Africa 2022. You're listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity, and that was Miss SA 2022, Indavi Nokiri. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. Another outstanding, talented young woman is Tatiana Schoonmarker. She's a South African Olympic athlete who won the gold medal and set the world record in the 200-meter breaststroke event at the 2020 Olympic Games in Tokyo. She also earned a silver medal in the 100-meter breaststroke at the Olympic Games. 
she narrowly missed securing a spot to the 2016 Olympics in Rio by just one hundredth of a second. But five years later, went on to win gold at Tokyo 2020. She takes us through her journey to Tokyo during the global COVID-19 pandemic, as well as what it takes to get to the top and importantly, how to stay there. Yeah, I must say, I think when looking back, obviously it's like five years ago, so it's like, oh, that was like so long ago. But no, it was a challenging time for me. Um, it was obviously not the best feeling because um, I did qualify two months before, but we have to qualify at our nationals and at our nationals missing it by one split and then not taking you on the team, even though you maybe have qualified before. Um, I think that was also challenging, but I think that's what made me realize that um, that was never part of the plan. Two months before nationals, all of a sudden I dropped time and I was part, I was swimming eight times and then all of a sudden we were thinking, okay, Olympics. So then I got my mindset on Olympics and I think that's where I went wrong in that sense because I put so much expectation on myself and there was this massive expectation of me going to the Olympics all of a sudden and when I didn't make it, everyone was so disappointed. Um, I remember swimming the final and when I didn't miss I was like, oh well, everything happens for a reason and I don't think um, because I have like my faith and stuff as well, like you say that but I feel like somewhere deep inside I really almost didn't believe it because it was just like wow one split second that's like nothing um but looking back now like having to have gone at the age of 19 with no real international experience at all yeah I think it was such a blessing now looking back because the steps that I've taken are after that disappointment of just like taking each step at a time works for me. So when I was able to go to my first Olympics, I was ready. I was a good competitor. So I wasn't going just to participate. I was going to do well. And um, yeah, I think that's for me, it was just, I needed to shape my character. So it was a very tough time. And I had to like learn to love my sports again, because I, I wanted to give up after that, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, now looking back, it was a blessing in the sky. <laughs> when you say ready, you were really ready for Tokyo 2020. <laughs> You've told us about the disappointment of 2016, but please tell us about the joy and, and the celebration and on what it feels like to have won gold. <laughs> Unrealistic. Like we said before, it's just like, it just doesn't seem real because you dream about it, but you don't actually ever think that it would happen to you. And every day, sometimes when I was driving home the one time with my mom, I was like, it's so weird, this random little girl from Joburg, then Ruedepoort, like no one knows where that is, <laughs> won a gold at the Olympics and now is worldly known. Like it, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel surreal. So um, but yeah, I must say that moment was just so special. And I think just having to celebrate that with everyone um, at home, I think with the COVID, it was a bit challenging, but it was also nice because um, they had these TVs next to the um, the pool. So if if they were if it was going to be live, it would only be my parents and my sister that would have been there with me celebrating that moment. But now we had five different Zoom calls in. So I had my squad 
uh, all my teammates. I had my family, friends. I had other family. I had my parents and everyone. So everyone could celebrate that moment with me. And that's what made it so much more special. So I'll definitely remember that for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know, when you talk about the euphoria of which you naturally felt on a personal level, as well as your family, the whole country had this sense of national pride. It was one of the most amazing things to witness on achievements and how that impacts on society. Yeah. No, it is. And that's why it's such an honor and a blessing to even represent South Africa. I think that's why everyone loves to be part of Team South Africa. We have the most team spirit. Um, we always we're always singing, always dancing. And I think that's a nice thing. It's like, even though swimming is an individual sport, it's so fun to be part of the team. That's where we have our team side come in and when we go overseas. And for us, it's it's just so nice. And it's something we strive to. Like, if you first make an SA team, you know that when you go back to training, that's literally all you think about is you want to make that next team again. Because it's just such an unbelievable experience. Even if your swimming might not go well, even if I don't swim good times. It's just being part of that team and representing your country is just insane. <laughs> well, the team sounds amazing and the spirit and the energy behind it. You've competed with some of the most successful athletes the world over. And competing at the forefront of international competition has given you that unparalleled insight into what it takes to get to the top, but more importantly, how to stay there. Please, can you walk us through what you've learned about your own endurance and personal limits? I definitely think focusing on myself. I mean, those athletes are incredible, um, but never comparing myself to them in the sense that because I think as soon as you start thinking about their amazing achievements, you might feel you're not good enough. And how do you stand a chance against the world record holder? There's no ways. So um, I just, I had to kind of tell myself that like being on that team, being in that race, I deserve to be there because I was able to swim those times. So how do I not, um, like, even though it's very nerve wracking to swim against these amazing athletes and stuff, I think it's just, having that confidence of knowing that you deserve that spot, not by someone giving it to you, but you literally swam those times. So you deserve to be there. And yeah, I just think it's yeah based on that. So I think the achievements can inspire you, but it, it doesn't, that's not your journey. That's not um, what you need to focus on. Focus rather on what, what can you bring into this race? And um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's kind of what I, and also like endurance I think you actually surprise yourself a lot especially at international meets going to my first Olympics I thought I would be so nervous and stressed out <laughs> but I was so calm and relaxed and it was just so nice to see how you like how, how you've grown and how you can handle those situations in the process growing up or going up to that so I think that's what I've learned about myself is that I can sometimes surprise myself in how how I react to certain situations. <laughs> when we've spoken to other athletes, be it in the, the swimming arena or running track on the field, it always surprises me at how much mental preparation is required. It's not just the physical. So can you share some of those processes with us, which combined together helps you to keep getting faster? 
<laughs> and yeah, definitely mental side plays such a big role. And um, from my personal opinion, I've used my faith through all that. And I think what was nice about, I know everyone, as soon as you mentioned COVID, everyone freaks out a little, but I think that was a great part about COVID is it brought such a big mental hurdle for everyone, every sports person. And just to get over that, I think in some way you knew you were stronger to get over like the fear of racing the best or stuff like that, because it was such a big challenge and a mental thing to get through. And I think that helps us as sports people as well in the mental side to just prove to ourselves how strong we are. It was such a nice learning curve for everyone. But yeah, I would definitely say for me to get through that and the process of going through COVID and um, all those challenges before to get where I was, was definitely through yeah, my faith. When we hear about successful people, there's often this tendency to think that these amazing achievements occurred overnight. I mean, you've already spoken to us that you prepared for 2020, basically from 2016. So what we see today and in these wins, it's years of hard work, discipline, dedication, preparation, but also this amazing support system and structure backing the individual. Please, can you explain to us your views about support structures and how they contribute to your success? I think, to be honest, they are my recent success, so they don't even contribute. They are it. So I really just feel like without the people in my life, like my family, the friends, my teammates, um, my coach, I wouldn't be where I am because not enough discipline can get you there. You can have so much discipline, but for me, I can pitch up at the pool every day. But if I had to pitch up and be the only one there, I would still not put in the effort, if that makes sense, because it is so much harder if you don't have those people driving you every single day, the coach standing there pushing you. So, yeah, I really think all those other things I have disciplined, they definitely contribute, but it is such a small percentage compared to the people in your life and the support systems out there. So for me, they were my success. (laughs) They were 100% the reason of my success. (laughs) That was South African Olympic athlete Tatiana Schoenmaker, who won the gold medal and set the world record in the 200-metre breaststroke event at the 2020 Olympic Games in Tokyo. You're listening to Womanity, Woman at Unity. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. Mental health awareness has been in the spotlight. Dr. Yumna Minty is a specialist psychiatrist who also lectures in the Department of Psychiatry at the University of the Witwatersrand. She shares some of her views on mental health, disorders that affect women in particular, and offers some practical tips to help women cope. For me, mental health is not just about the absence of illness. So, you know, we don't only talk about mental health if we say somebody doesn't have depression or anxiety or or whatever, Um, but rather mental health should be referring to the kind of state of mind and state of being where somebody is functioning at an optimal level, be it socially or personally or occupationally. Um, It, you know, refers to the idea that somebody feels whole and fulfilled inside and is able to take some kind of enjoyment out of life and able to contribute meaningfully to their own lives and that of others. 
um, if they choose to do so. And therefore, I think being true to oneself and recognizing your own strengths and your potential and what you are able to achieve and what you want to achieve and then having your actions follow through on that is an important step towards achieving mental health and subsequently being at peace with yourself. That's such a great statement. Can you tell us a bit more about some of the types of conditions that you treat in your practice? Okay, so psychiatric disorders fall into quite a broad spectrum of disorders, and I think they can they can tend to look quite diverse in their presentations. Um, as psychiatrists, we would be seeing patients from the very young with certain types of disorders to the not so young who would have different types of disorders. And this obviously then varies based on the age and the setting in which we see the patient. Um, the most common types of disorders that myself and other psychiatrists would be seeing are the anxiety and depressive disorders, um, things like bipolar disorder, and quite commonly in the South African context, post-traumatic stress disorder, and then also obsessive compulsive disorders, other disorders like psychotic disorders or schizophrenia. Um, I think it's also important to mention that as a backdrop to psychiatric illness, um, we often find issues like substance abuse um, and trauma having been experienced somewhere along the lifespan. And a lot of the disorders or the illnesses that we treat is going to have that um, somewhere in the context. Um, in addition to this, in older patients, we may also help treat and manage other conditions such as dementias or other conditions of old age. And is there anything in particular from a psychiatric disorder that affects women or that women are at more risk from or, or predisposed to? Oh, definitely. Um, I like this question because I'm quite passionate about women's mental health. And if you gave me the opportunity, I'd probably talk for days <laughs> about this. Um, but in general, overall, what we know is that women are at least two to three times more likely to develop a psychiatric disorder in their lifetime when compared to men. Um, certain conditions we know are more common in women. So things like depression, anxiety, PTSD and eating disorders. And I'll get into the reasons for that just now. But firstly, I think it's important to look at these figures. So when I say women are two to three times more likely to experience a, a psychiatric disorder, I think it's important to look at these figures in the context of the consequences of mental illness and untreated mental illness. So what we also know from leading research published in Lancet is that mental illness contributes quite significantly to the global burden of disease and what is generally called disability-adjusted life years. So this is sort of like a research description that um, looks at the amount of time in years that is lost due to ill health and, and not being productive or living a productive life. So basically, what we're saying is that mental illness may not kill you the same way like cancer or a stroke or diabetes, for example, but it can make for quite an unfulfilled and an unhealthy and an unproductive life. So if we consider that women carry the greater burden in terms of mental illness as compared to men, I think we can appreciate then that women carry a large part of their disability. When we look at, like I said, having an unproductive or an unfulfilled or just a poor quality of life. And if we also have to consider for, for, for other reasons that women also enjoy less access to healthcare than males, Basically, what we're saying is that there are a large number of women out there who have sort of been resigned to suffering from a mental illness and suffering from anxiety or depression or whatever that may be, and the consequences thereof, and are not able to access treatment, um, but are, are living quite a poor quality of life.
And when you're talking about going through these experiences, suffering from mental health conditions, are women necessarily aware that they are experiencing these issues or they've just accepted that something's changed in their life? You know, I think that's quite a a broad contextual sort of answer. So, I mean, women may definitely be aware of these changes and, you know, the changes of the, um, you know, in their feelings and their functioning. As we like to say, women are, are sort of more, Um, I don't want to use the word emotional, but perhaps more in tune with their emotions. So, you know, maybe quite aware of of what they've been experiencing. But I think the travesty in all of that is then being able to access um, the care and being recognized as well. So, you know, having um, going to somebody or or having those concerns validated um, and recognized and then being able to to have the treatment. I think that often tends to be a big concern. Sorry to interrupt you because you were going through and you were about to tell us about some of the um, core disorders that women experience. Yeah, so so um, as I mentioned, women often experience things like anxiety, depression, PTSD and, and eating disorders. And when we look at the factors around that, I think we can kind of consider them as like inherent factors in females and then environmental factors, which I think are much more important. Um I mean, women go through a lot in terms of their their physical and their mental health from an early age. So, I mean, from getting your first period and then the the hormonal fluctuations that happen monthly after that to experiences like pregnancy and childbirth and then menopause and all of these sort of bodily fluctuations that can then contribute to um, to psychological difficulties and psychological distress. Um, These can, can predispose women to developing a mental illness. But when we look at the external or the environmental factors, Um, For me, this is more significant because these are the things that we can change. So what we know, for example, is that women are subjected to many environmental stresses. Women are more at risk or rather girls are more at risk of sexual abuse or physical abuse from a young age. Um, In some societies and cultures, women are um, physically abused or, or emotionally neglected in favor of the male children. Um, We also know that girls are less likely to be educated to the same extent as boys. Um, And then this then leaves them vulnerable to economic and to difficult sort of economic and societal circumstances. Um, Women are more likely to be sexually abused or exploited both emotionally, um, physically or even economically um, at a later age. Um, In a modern society, what we also know is that women bear dual burdens in terms of their responsibilities at home, as well as their responsibilities in terms of of engaging in economic activities or developing a career for themselves. Um, Other sort of more modern problems we have are things like social media um, and the pursuit of this physical sort of perfection um, and the enormous pressure it may place on young women to conform to a certain sort of ideal. And when we consider all of these things together, these burdens and circumstances, which if we think of it are quite unique to a woman's experience, um, all of this then has the potential to increase the risk of developing burnout, um, breakdowns, increased stress. And if we put those into medical terms, basically we're saying that it increases the risk of developing disorders like anxiety, depression, PTSD, and the like. And now lastly, as we close out today's conversation, please, can you use this platform to share a few words of inspiration, wisdom, motivation with a woman who are listening to us? Okay, so um, in the spirit of of the discussion that we've had today around women and the importance of women, um, what I'm going to share is some quick words from a book called Dear Woman by Michael Reed, which I think is is quite a fitting end to our discussion today. 
um, and it goes like this. Um, sometimes you'll just be too much woman, too smart, too beautiful, too strong, too much of something. That makes us of a man, which will start making you feel like you have to be less of a woman. The biggest mistake you can make is removing jewels from your crown to make it easier for a man to carry. When this happens, I need you to understand you don't need a smaller crown. You need a man with bigger hands. Wow, what a beautiful <laughs> quote. Um, I'm quite fond of poetry as well. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. That's um, really unique, really special, and something that I think we all need to hear. That was Dr. Yumna Minty, who is a specialist psychiatrist who also lectures in the Department of Psychiatry at the University of the Witwatersrand. We hope that this compilation inspires you in your respective roles. You have been listening to Womanity, Woman and Unity. Best wishes for the festive season. Be safe.